Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. Morning shot. Good morning. You're on Morning Shot. As the mercury dipped in the last few weeks with an unusually wet start to March, inclement weather conditions became one of the hottest topics in town. But those who are hoping the aircon-like weather will persist, well, you just might be disappointed. Experts are saying that La Nina conditions are weakening and the monsoon rain ban is restoring to its usual path south of the equator. This means we won't be getting as much rain as we did in the earlier part of March. But might climate change spring yet another surprise? To help us better understand the fundamentals of it all, we're joined by weather and climate scientist Associate Professor Ko Ti Yong from the Singapore University of Social Sciences School of Science and Technology. Good morning, Professor. Good morning. Okay, the weather seems to be holding up in the last few days. Should we be expecting anything out of the ordinary, seeing that we are already at the tail end of the northeast monsoon season? Well, uh, usually in March, our um, weather would switch towards what we call an inter-monsoon period. That means the northeast monsoon winds would be weakening, and instead we have local uh, systems of land-sea breeze cycles being more active, uh, bringing usually uh, afternoon thunderstorms that last Mm. uh, for a short while. So in that sense, I think we are slowly moving towards that that period of uh, normal sea. Yes. Okay, backtrack a little bit. The monsoon surges we experienced earlier this month and in February, could you shed some light on whether they're different in scale compared with previous surges? Yes. Um, to understand that better, first let me describe uh, what usually happens during our monsoon season. Mm. Uh, because our northeast monsoon season is divided into two phases. The first phase between December and January is the wet phase where we have lots of rainfall. These mm. are the wettest months of the year for us. But ironically, in February usually, it's our driest month of the year because the rain belts of the monsoon would have moved south of us towards Java. Mm. So traditionally, we'll get less rain in February. What happened in the past February was that uh, we have La Nina conditions persisting. That is a um, cooling of the sea surface temperature in central equatorial Pacific Mm-hmm. And that has the result of creating high pressures there, causing the winds to bring moisture to this part of the world in the Western Pacific, in the equatorial belt. And hence, we have a higher tendency for rain systems gathering here. And in fact, in February, what happened was a what we call a monsoon surge, mm. uh, which is a further enhancement of this convergence of moisture because of a high-pressure system in the Asian continent. That pushes winds down the South China Sea, and that again causes more moisture to converge here. So we had that, and that spun up a what we call a Borneo vortex, which is an anti-clockwise circulation, usually off the coast of Borneo, just east of us. Mm. And just like when you in the morning, when you drink coffee, you stir the coffee, even when you stop stirring, the, the kind of vortex continues for a while. Oh, that I was see. what happened. Yeah, where the Borneo vortex, once it's uh, spun up by the monsoon surge, it just hang around for a week or more. And that brought a lot of rain in this part of the world. So in that sense, it was a bit special, the monsoon surge, because it's compounded by the La Nina effect, uh, bringing a lot of moisture and the spinning up of uh, this uh, Borneo vortex. Yeah. This Borneo vortex, um, when was the last time it happened before these monsoon surges? 
Well, usually it happens with the monsoon surge about half the time, I would say. I uh, the way meteorologists call this a boreal vortex is because when the circulation forms a closed loop, we call it a vortex. Mm. But the general dynamics happening, whether you have a closed loop circulation or not, would be similar. You will have convergence of moisture. But the vortex just makes the circulation more stable and hang around for longer. Mm, mm. You talked about the La Nina effects, right? Researchers around the world have also come up with substantial narrative to show how climate change can affect the frequency and severity of natural disasters. The La Nina phenomenon seems to be moving out of the picture, though, according to the UN. But what can we expect next? Okay, um, just to clarify, La Nina uh, and its counterpart, El Nino, they are natural oscillations in the uh, tropical atmosphere ocean uh, dynamics. Uh, so that means that uh, it comes about uh, naturally mm. um, and it's there even when there's no climate change. So the fact that we have La Nina this year is a natural phenomenon. But of course, then the question uh, goes to whether La Nina will be affected or has been affected by climate change. Mm-hmm. So far, observationally, from the decades of uh, data that we have, there's no evidence to show that El Nino or La Nina has been uh, affected by the long-term climate change. Mm-hmm. And then if you look into the future where we have computer simulations projecting for what will happen next, mm-hmm. then the models are split on this. Some models show uh, stronger El Ninos and La Nina happening mm-hmm. more frequently. Some show the opposite. So right now, uh, it's hard to say how much or whether the climate change would uh, affect La Nina and El Nino, and hence to, to us in Singapore, El Nino and La Nina have the, uh, very great impacts on our rainfall patterns, and so we still have to keep a lookout for that. Yeah. You're an expert in this. Uh, what do you think? The chances of El Nino developing, is it quite high? Um, for the coming uh, year, uh, it's true that models have shown that there is a chance of El Nino towards the second half of the year from about August onwards. Mm. But when you look at probabilities, if a probability is something like 55%, which the models are showing, it's the same as saying that it's slightly more than half the chance, which is what you get from tossing a coin. Mm. So that probabilistic uh, prediction is not a very strong prediction. It's only 5% more than what you get from tossing a coin. So uh, in that case, we do not put so much uh, reliability to this kind of forecast. We still have to wait for the March and April season to be over so that we can collect more up-to-date data from the oceans, from the atmosphere observation. And then these computer models will be able to do a better job at predicting what's going to happen next. Okay, we're speaking to Associate Professor Ko Ti Yong from the Singapore University of Social Sciences School of Science and Technology. Professor, over the years, we've seen the occasional flash flood or what we call ponding, but fortunately, we haven't actually seen major flooding for years, despite the frequent heavy rains, even the last once in February and and early March. Why is this so? When when we are seeing floods in neighbouring countries, would you attribute this to our geographical positioning or perhaps the boost in our inland flood resilience? I don't think it's because we are any special from our neighbours. Mm-hmm. Because if you compare Singapore and Johor, we are basically having the same kind of weather patterns and, and climate. So um, I think the main credit goes to our inland flood uh, resilient efforts. Um, we have, uh, I think the PUB has done a lot of effort in 
upgrading our drainage system as well as um, building facilities that help to retain uh, sudden uh, surge in storm water. Mm. So uh, I think to a large extent, we have made it possible to prevent a lot of flooding. If you think back two generations ago or one generation ago, there's a lot of flooding. I remember my mother used to say that uh, along Bukitima Canal, there is uh, very often flooding, uh, especially when you go near the Rocho mm. area. So this doesn't quite happen anymore. Mm. And if you look at the rainfall itself, well, the trend in rainfall for heavy rainfall events has been very slight. There's a slight increase, which is not strong enough to be uh, significant against the year-to-year fluctuation, which means basically 40 years ago and now, uh, when you have very wet years like with La La Nina happening, Mm -hmm. the rainfall amount is about the same. Mm -hmm. The fact that we don't have as much flooding now, I think it's because of the way we build our city. Yeah. That is really good to know. Now, keeping in mind that Singapore is a low-lying island, what sort of drastic consequences could we see if uh, such monsoon surges that we saw return for a prolonged period of time? Well, if we do nothing now, that means we, we, we don't uh, prepare for the worst. When you have a long period of intense rainfall, such as brought about by a monsoon surge, perhaps uh, enhanced by La Nina conditions, Perhaps even in the future years, if we clarify this, whether climate change would intensify it. But suppose such a thing happens, together with a high tide, a spring tide event, which is not a weather cause. It's a spring tide is because of the positions of the moon and the sun sort of aligning, and then we have a high tide. So if all these factors come in together, then of course we will have a higher chance of flooding. That is for sure. So the best thing I think right now is against all this uncertainty, especially linked to climate change, because the science has not been conclusive in the Singapore region for rainfall trends, then all the more we should so-called buy insurance and get prepared before it's too late. So talking about that, how really are the effects of climate change affecting the prediction of weather patterns? And what can we do to be, like you said, more prepared? Um, in terms of uh, prevention of floods, for example, I think first, okay, when does a flood happen? It happens when you have high rainfall, when you have uh, high tide usually, and then uh, when, let's say, uh, there are some overflow because of the insufficient capacity of the drainage system to bring the water to the sea. So all three factors should be tackled. Uh, the tide situation is quite well uh, predicted because these are regular uh, motions of the I mean, the earth around the sun and the moon around the earth. So that part is well known. The rainfall is harder because we have very short, intense bursts of rainfall. So-called flash floods can Mm -hmm. happen because of that. And so we have to improve our modeling systems as well as monitoring systems and warning systems. And then thirdly, the maintenance and the upgrading of our drainage system should continue, which has been pursued uh, for the past few decades. And I think PUB has a lot of plans for further upgrade of this infrastructure. All right. Thank you very much for your insights, Professor. We've been speaking with weather and climate scientist, Associate Professor Ko Ti Yong from the Singapore University of Social Sciences School of Science and Technology. Thank you. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.